So, we're talking about peace today. Peace. And uh, one of my favorite um, quotes on peace, I believe, is that peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I want you to think about for just a moment, what screams, what communicates peace to you? Just think about that for a moment. When you see something, when you look at something, when you hear about something, what just screams and communicates peace to you? You may think about um, a childhood memory. You may think about a piece of furniture, right? When I look at my recliner and it just screams at me, peace, right? It just screams peace. Um, you may think of a place, right, by a creek or by a lake or an ocean or mountain, right, a hike, right? But, but we, we have these things in our minds that just scream peace. What's that for you? Um, peace is defined as the freedom from disturbance. The freedom from disturbance. Uh, other definitions for it's quiet, rest. Right? Those, those are all words and definitions that we have for peace. And we're always, this is one of the things that hit me this past week, is that when I think about peace, for the most part, we're always looking for peace from the storms. Right? But for us, as, as, as the church, right, we've got to get past that because it's not that we get peace or that we should look for peace from the storms. See, peace comes when we see Jesus, when we find Christ in the storm. Right, that, 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 that because all throughout Scripture we're promised, and Jesus says, right, in this world you're going to face trouble. Right, James, uh, blessed are those who remain steadfast under trial. Right, not who avoid trial, not who don't walk through trial, but remain steadfast when they go through trial. And so we we're we're promised. It's 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 written to us. It's spoken to us. Right, that, 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 that troubling times, storms are going to come. And true peace, real peace, and the peace that I'm praying for us today is that we see Christ, we see Jesus in the trial. Because when we lose our peace with God, several things happen. When we lose our peace with God, we become self-conscious. We focus on, on ourselves and we feel guilty and discouraged and defeated. We become critical and divisive. We slip back into sin and we lose peace with God. The peace that we once had with God becomes disturbed and restlessness grips the soul, right? Restlessness stirs and, 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 and takes root in us. And here's, here's the truth that we've got to recognize. If you're not a believer in Christ today, unchristian, or non-Christian, excuse me, right? Don't have peace with God. They reject, they question, they deny, they curse, some oppose God, and there's no peace. And so once we have the peace of God flooding our lives, the question is this, how do we maintain that peace? Right? How do we maintain that peace? How do we maintain that rest? How do we stay aware that God's very own presence is within us? Stay aware that the God of peace lives within our very being, that we, that, that, that we have the Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, one of my favorite verses to read this time of year. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, the authority, right? His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
See, Isaiah prophesied that the coming Messiah would be the Prince of Peace. One of the things that I studied this past week was why Prince? Why not King of Peace? Right? A Prince acts under the authority of his father, the King. So while Jesus is fully God, equal with his father, he brings peace as, as a messenger from his father. Jesus was sent by God, we see that in 1 John 4, 9, and became obedient by his death on the cross, Philippians 2. Thus his role as Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace is directly tied to his role as Savior. And so we're going to do things a little bit backwards. Usually we, we dive into a passage and we kind of dissect it, and then towards the end we give, we give some, uh, some, some, some points of application. We're going to kind of flip-flop that. We're going to kind of flip-flop that this morning. I want to give you five reasons that Jesus is still the Prince of Peace. And just talk about peace. Each of them have a couple verses that go along with them. So we're going to kind of dive in topically at peace and Jesus being the Prince of Peace. And then we're going to look at a passage at the end that's my prayer for you today when it comes to peace. Because as I was talking with Dylan this past week about our, our Christmas kind of sermon series, right? I was, I was sitting... Um, I was sitting in a Starbucks and, and, and just working and, 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 you know, I said, I said, I want to keep going with the theme from Galatians. That Jesus is enough. That Jesus is enough. And so Dylan, Dylan started firing back some images. I don't know if you've seen our Christmas image. Rob, do you have that back there, the all I want for Christmas? Can you pop that up? Uh, so this, this is our Christmas image, right? All I want for Christmas is you. Right? My prayer for you this Christmas is that all, all we focus on for the next, and y'all, y'all can just hear Mariah Carey in that, can't you? Right? Like it's just, Dylan's like, do you think it's too much Mariah? Like, not at all. Right? Not at all. Right? All I want for Christmas is you. Right? Because I want our desire to be, right, this December, that all we strive for, all we want, all we desire, all we hunger for is more Jesus more Jesus because he is peace. And so the first thing I want to tell you about peace is that Je Jesus provides peace with God. Jesus provides peace with God. The reason we celebrate Christmas, Jesus coming is that Jesus provides peace with God. Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So where's peace with God come from? Jesus Christ, right? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 13 through 16. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinance that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. See, peace begins when we encounter Jesus as the one who reconciles us to God by his death on the cross. See, we're born into sin, right? Everybody knows that. Separated from God, guilty as lawbreakers. We inherited the fallen nature of Adam, hostile, alienated, enemies of God. And sinful us... Right? Can never achieve peace with God in our own goodness. We just talked about that all throughout Galatians. Right? God's standard of holiness and acceptable righteousness demanded death as payment 
for our sin. And Jesus came, born of a virgin, thus escaping the sinful nature handed down by Adam, lived a perfect, sinless life, and was executed on a cross. But his perfect life fulfilled the law. His death paid our sin debt. And God affirmed his sacrifice as acceptable for the sins of the world by raising him up from the grave. And he now sits as the Prince of Peace on the right hand of God, interceding for us. So picture this, right? Picture this. Let's all, let's all imagine this, right? We've been accused of a crime. And you're guilty. You did it. You done it. Right? You're guilty. You know you're guilty. Uh, so does everyone in the courtroom. Everybody knows you're guilty. Everybody knows that that it was uh, that it was Matt in the dining room with the wrench or something. I don't know. It's been a while since I've played that game, right? But Clue, right? That's the name of it, right? Right? Everybody knows, right? Uh, and you stand before the judge as the sentence is read, and just before they take you out the door in handcuffs, your defense attorney steps in and offers to take the punishment. Even though he's innocent, the judge didn't really like him and is kind of annoyed with him in court, so he affirms him as an acceptable substitute to pay your debt, get rid of him to society. So he goes to jail and you go free. Now, now every illustration only goes so far because while you might have received a get out of jail free card, the guilt of your crime still burdens your heart. Jesus doesn't take your punishment. However, he takes away the guilt and shame that came along with your sin. And the point is this. We are justified in Christ. We are truly, literally made righteous as God placed our sin on the shoulders of his own son. Jesus provides peace with God. Our account is settled. The balance is zero. We have peace with God. Second thing about peace is that Jesus provides peace in the circumstances. Somebody say amen to that. Peace provides peace. Jesus provides peace in the circumstances. John 6, 13, 33, I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, Jesus warned his disciples that trials were coming. As citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we no longer belong to this world. We're simply passing through this world on our way to our eternal home. A world of troubles, however, is viewed differently by us because we have peace with God. Right? We have the peace of God available in all circumstances. John 14 27 said this, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, you know you've reached peace. You know you've reached a level of maturity, right? When when we don't get so worked up one way or the other. Right? We talked about this before, where 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 something happens, right? And we don't we don't get worked up on either end because we kind of we kind of stay level knowing what? That God's in control. Right? That God's in control. The worst of things can happen. Right? The worst of things can happen. And God's in control. What's the worst thing that's going to happen today? Right? What's the worst thing that's going to happen today? It doesn't matter. Because God's still on the throne. And His promise, His promise, and this is not some prosperity gospel, this is just the gospel, right? That the promise is that He's going to take care of His children. And so whatever that looks like, 
right? Whatever that looks like, even when it doesn't feel like it, right? Even when it doesn't feel like it, right? You say, God, God, I don't like this, right? Jesus even did that, right? In the garden, God, would you take this cup from me, right? I know what's coming. I know what's coming. And it doesn't seem very downy soft, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, it does not seem like what's coming is going to be very comfortable. It doesn't seem like it's going to be very enjoyable. Take this cup from me. God didn't, right? And so Jesus went to the cross, right? There are times and times and times, day after day after day, where we are probably in the same boat, right? God, would you just take this cup from me? I don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. I don't want to walk into this conflict anymore. I don't want to blank anymore. I don't want to go to work anymore. I don't want to blank anymore, right? But it's knowing that no matter what that is for you, God's in control. And the peace comes in knowing this. That if he hasn't taken the cup from you in that situation, then he's not through with you in that situation. Mm. He's still got something for you there. He's still got something for you there. He's still got something for you there. <coughs> I, 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 no, let's keep going. Number three. Jesus provides peace in the circumstances. Number three, Jesus provides peace in the family, right? In the family. When we think about the family, right? In the church, we've got to think of it twofold, right? Your family, right? Your family, but also this family, right? Your summit family. Your summit family. Uh, so Romans 14, 19. So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. What a beautiful picture. Paul tells the church at Rome, pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another, right? Not, not pursuing the things that make you happy, not pursuing the things that make you comfortable, but pursue the things uh, for the sake of building up one another. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, Paul tells the church at Ephesus, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Notice that we are to be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Because we live in the flesh. We will not naturally be unified. Things will naturally want to divide us, right? Has everybody met Josh Bachman? Okay, the guy that was playing over here on the box room. Okay, he comes in Sunday after Sunday, not eager to maintain the unity in the bond of peace. Why? Because he wears giant stuff to church every single Sunday. <laughs> Attempting to cause division in the family. And so we who are stronger in the Lord are called to bear with the weak. Amen. Right? Oh, I, I, Lori, I put myself in your shoes. I mean, just... Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. And thankfully, John didn't wear his Colts hat today. Right? Because we've got, we got some of you, right, that just, that just you come in Sunday after Sunday. And I know it's not about football, right? But, but we, we know the deeper, right? Eager to maintain the bond of peace. Right? Eager to maintain the bond of peace. But we're not naturally. Be nice. Be nice. Now. Okay, good boy. Okay. Right? Right? This is a public rebuke. Anyway, 
Okay, that's how we do church discipline, right? Passive aggressively. Anyway, um, we're not naturally, we're not naturally driven to unity. We're not naturally driven to unity, right? We're born, we're born in the flesh, we're born in sinful nature, right? We're naturally critics. Right? We're, we naturally are, are wired in our giftings, right, in our personality types, in how God wired us to see flaws. Why? So that we can fill them to provide peace in the family. Right? And so, and so that's, that's the point, right? But, but many of us stop at the critic, right? And, 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 and don't pursue that in such a way where we can fill the need that we see. Right? That's why God wires us to see those. Okay? But we're naturally, we're naturally born to be uh, divisive, not unified people. Unity is work. It's work. And scripture says, Paul employed, he calls on the church, he begs the church. We're going to read in just a few minutes how, how he begs the leaders of the church of Philippi to get these two people to agree in the Lord because unity was so important. Why? Because peace comes when there's unity. Peace comes when there's unity. When there's not unity, right? When there's not unity in the house, everybody's kind of, you know, tiptoeing. Right? Everybody's walking, right? Right? No, nobody, there's not, that's not comfortable. Right? That's not comfortable. And so, so Paul calls on uh, uh, the, the church at Ephesus here, right, to be diligent to preserve the unity and the bond of peace. Right? So we have a choice. And in Christ, as we all surrender, see, here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of it. In Christ, as we all surrender to the Spirit of Jesus, and submit to the authority of his word, we can live at peace with one another. Right? We can live at peace with one another. Because what team does the Bible tell us to root for? trying to take such a stand on something that, that's not addressed in there. It's not in there. You know what's not in there? Music style. It's not in there. I mean, I mean, you want to talk about, you want to go Old Testament and talk about, talk about music from Scripture? Man, it's celebratory. There's symbols, right? And, and all the people that said the devil was in the drums. That's not true. And don't ever say that to a drummer, by the way. It's very offensive. <laughs> right? But it's not in there. Right? Scripture says to make a joyful noise. Right? Doesn't have to be an in-tune noise. Right? Make a joyful noise into the Lord. Right? Shout. 
right? And 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 and, and yet we 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 divide, we make divisions, right? We destroy unity on styles of music. It's not in there. Eager to maintain the bond of peace, and so when we submit ourselves, when we submit our preferences, when we submit under the authority of God and the scripture, we can live at peace. I had somebody come to me one time. They were so upset about something. They were so upset about something that was happening. And they were so upset about something. And, and they looked at me and they said, they said, you need to deal with this. You need to deal with this. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray about dealing with this, but here's the deal. Here's what I need you to do. Here's what I need you to do before I deal with this, right? I need you to come with a, with a Bible and show me exactly in here where, it's, where it addresses that. And he came back two weeks later and he said, I, I found nothing. And I said, so should I still deal with this? And he said, I guess not. Okay. We can have peace in the family, but here's what's required. Right, is that we have to submit ourselves under the authority of who? The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Number four. Number four. Josh, I apologize, man. Wear your giant stuff loud and proud, bro. All right. Number four. Jesus provides peace that rules our hearts. Jesus provides peace that rules our hearts. In Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. I love that. I've never met a peaceful person that wasn't thankful. Peace and gratitude run hand in hand, right? I've never, and so the natural question that arises is what happens when two believers disagree and can't come to peaceful solution? How do we determine who's right and who's wrong? When do we just give in in order to keep the peace? And the word rule in Colossians 3.15 helps us to understand how we can walk in peace with God and with others. And so the Greek word rule means to act as an umpire or to decide. So when, when, we, when we read there, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, right? What he's saying is in the submission to God, in the submission to Christ, right? Let the Holy Spirit guide you in allowing the peace to come. So Jesus is the word of God, John 1, 1. The spirit enlightens us to understand the truth of scripture. And as we obey it, we experience the peace that rules our hearts and so it just becomes something that doesn't matter right in the greater scheme of things in the grand scheme of things right the peace of god rules our hearts and then lastly number five jesus provides eternal peace isaiah 9 7 we read isaiah 9 6 earlier but isaiah 9 7 of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. See, we began with Isaiah's prophecy naming Jesus as our Prince of Peace. And in the same passage, God promises that there will be no end to Jesus' government of peace. Did you guys hear that? That there will be no end to Jesus' government of peace. There will be no end. One day, 
one day Jesus will return. Right? There are many things that there are many things that disturb the peace in our lives today. Right? There are many things that disturb the peace, but this will not always be the case. One day Jesus will come back. The mighty Prince of Peace will take his rightful place on the throne. And we will begin to experience the eternal peace that God promises. I wish I could tell you I was 10 for 10 or 12 for 10 in this, right? But when I'm having a stressful day or walking through something, right, I try to remember and ask myself the question, does this matter for eternity? Before I get super worked up and before, right, but, uh, but, but, but you can ask a couple people in my life, right? I, I, I failed in that on Friday morning, um, Wednesday, uh, mon uh, Monday, probably Tuesday. There was probably a moment on Thursday. Yep, yesterday, right? Okay, right, okay. I, I'm like over, right? But, 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 but taking every thought captive and saying, who's in control here? Who's in control here? Who's in control here? And so we keep our eyes on the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 26, verse 2 and 3. Isaiah says, Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That Hebrew word stayed, everybody says, say stayed. stayed, means to lean or to rest on. We lean on Jesus. We rest in Christ. We focus our minds and our hearts on his promises. We trust that he can hold us up. We show that, that, we show that trust by our willingness to obey him and submit to him. And so I want to I want to finish today by looking at Philippians 4, verses 1 through 9. Paul writes this letter to the church at Philippi. And I want to point out some things to you here. And then I want to, so I'm going to read this. I want to point out some things. And I want to, I want to kind of pray this over you as we, as we end today. But Paul, Paul writes to the church at Philippi, Philippians 1, 4, 1 through 9. Therefore, my brothers... Whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat beauty and I entreat Sintai. These are the two I was referring to earlier, um, where, where Paul, he, he says, I entreat beauty and I entreat Sintai to agree in the Lord, right? There was obviously a disagreement there, and he's calling on them to agree in the Lord. Why? Because there's so much more at stake than their disagreement. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
what you learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The first thing that Paul talks about here when it comes to peace is in verse 1, Therefore, my brothers, and my love and long for my joy and my crown, stand firm. Listen, if we're, if we're going to live in peace, if we're going to walk in peace, we've got to stand firm on the promises of God. We've got to stand firm on the promises of God. We've got to trust the promises of God. If we're going to stand firm and trust the promises of God, we've got to know the promises of God. Right? And, 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 so, and so one of the things I'm trying to do these days, one of the things I'm trying to do these days, and, 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 and Dylan, uh, back, back, I don't remember when you preached this, man, but you, you, you started talking about ending your day um, with, with reading the scriptures so that you go to bed with that. I don't know, I don't, I don't know who did that, but one of the things that, that Dylan said in that message when he preached was, was what's just kind of focusing on the pro- promise of God. Right, and so I try. I try to meditate on the promise of God, right, weekly or daily, right, to think on the promises of God because we've got to keep those things in front of us, right. Paul saying, Paul saying, listen, you're my joy, my crown. Stand firm, right. Stand firm. What are you standing firm on? What are you standing firm on? Stand firm on the promises of God. Look at verses two and three. We've already talked about this a little bit, but he says, I treat you and I treat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Another way that we stay in peace, rest in peace, live in peace is agreement in unity. Agreement and unity. I love the way that Paul puts it to the church at Rome. I've been using this verse time and time again in my own life. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. How many of you, because um, I, I think there's two types of people when it comes to conflict, okay? I think there's two types of people when it comes to conflict, right? There's, there's those people that like to deal with it immediately, right? They like to deal with it immediately. How many of you people just like to deal with it immediately, right? I don't need a minute, right? We gotta, we gotta handle this, we gotta take care of this. I've hurt you, you've hurt me, we've got to talk about this, we've, we've got to, right? Put your hands back up, I want to see those, those immediately people, right? How many of you need a minute? Oh man, so many more, right? You just need a minute, right? Something's happened to you, you need a time out, right? You're going to go take, you're going to, you know, you're just going to go take a minute, you're going to go take a drive, you're going to go do some retail therapy, then you'll come back, right? And you'll be able to enter into the conversation, right? You'll be able to enter into the conversation. Right? Right? How, how many of you would just rather never deal with it? Just wish it would go away completely. And you just, and so you know what? You're just as happy. I said two, right? Maybe there's three, right? Uh, 
you, you're just as happy if you could just sweep it under the rug and never, ever, ever discuss it again. Right? Here's the thing. You notice what just happened? We're all different. But as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. However you have to deal with it, live at peace with everyone. See, I'm one of those, I'm one of those, handle it immediately. Right? Handle it immediately. Handle it immediately. I, I, I um, after the light parade last week, which if you did, if you did anything with the light parade, thank you so much. It was fun. We, we, we waved at a bunch of people and we, anyway, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. But um, when we took everything down, we, we received some decorations and, and they, all the lights were just really nicely wrapped up and everything and just really, really handled very, very, you know, organized and all of that. And, and, and you know what it's like when, when you have a bunch of people, a bunch of help, and you're just taking things down, and you just roll them up real quick, and you put them away. We didn't rewrap them, and I returned some of those lights yesterday, and I forgot to rewrap them, right? And I was so, I was so upset with myself that I forgot to rewrap them, and the person looked at me and said, oh, it's okay, I understand what it's like. And, and I let five minutes go by, and I couldn't stop thinking about how I probably disappointed this person. They're never going to let us borrow lights again. They're going to be so upset. And so I went about, I was like, I called them like five minutes into it, and I was like, I'm so sorry. How mad are you at me that I did not rewrap these things, right? And you may think, that's ridiculous, Travis. They probably didn't think of anything of it. Maybe, right? But, but, but I, I, when, I've, when I've upset someone, when I've done something wrong to someone, I've got to know, I've got to know immediately that we're good, that we're all good in the hood, right? And, and, and some people, some people are not like that, right? Some people are not like that, and I've got to be okay with that, right? The point is this, do whatever it takes for you to be in agreement and unity with others. Do whatever it takes for you to be in agreement and unity with others. Paul says, listen, there's so much more at stake with this. And so as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Then he goes into verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. So, so Paul says, listen, if you want to live in peace, have joy. We're going to talk all about joy next week, so I'm going to keep going. Verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. A strong gentleness. A strong gentleness. That's peace, isn't it? A strong gentleness. And then verse 5. And six, excuse me, verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer. Peace comes through prayer. As we're praying to God, whatever the circumstance may be, peace comes through prayer. And then lastly, a focused mind. He finishes this section by saying, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, 
there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. A focused mind. A focused mind. See, I think one of the things that comes in the way of peace for a lot of us is we try to focus on too many things. Well, it can't be a peace. I've been having this conversation with a few people close to me that they just feel like they can't do it all, right? They can't. They just feel like they can't do this, they can't do that, they can't do this, they can't do that, right? They can't be in ten places at one time, right? Listen to me. We weren't created for some of us. Some of us weren't created to be involved in as many things and to value as many things as we're trying to value. Paul says, whatever's right, whatever's true, whatever's noble, right? Think on these things. For some of us, peace may be taking some things off the plate. For some of us, peace may be focusing on a couple areas of our life for a season, right? Whatever the case may be for you, let me ask you, right? Is your mind too scattered to be at peace? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at talking to somebody the other day and they said, hey, what are you what are you preaching about this Sunday? Which is always a nerve-wracking thing when someone asks the pastor midweek what I'm preaching on that Sunday, because it's like they're trying to make a decision on whether or not to come based on what my answer is. <laughs> and so I always you know, typically will respond with well, I don't really know yet. What you got? Right? Or something like that. Try to try to dodge the question, make them feel like they should come anyway, type of thing, you know. But for whatever reason, in, in this moment, I guess I had a weak moment, Dylan, Josh, Ashley, you guys can go ahead and come. Um, but for whatever reason, I said, peace. I said, peace. And they said, how do you talk about peace in a time like this? How do you talk about peace in a time like this? They went on to say how divided things are and how messed up things are and how many things that, that are happening in their world today that they just don't understand and they went on to say, right, the, the thing that you hear so many people say right now, right, I can't even watch the news without getting frustrated, without getting mad, I can't talk to my friends about certain things without doing, right, and, and they just said, how in the world are you going to talk about peace? And here's the thing, if we focus on all that stuff, there's no peace. There's no peace, right? Whichever side of the aisle you are on any of that, right? The giants, right? The, 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 the pandemic, right? The style of music, right? It doesn't matter. There's no peace in those things. The only peace is found in Christ. And so you'll notice, right? We didn't talk about any of that. Why? Because all of those things 
are only going to cause more chaos and confusion in your life. Peace only comes when we strip those things away and focus on Christ Jesus. In your life, in your family's life, in this church's life, and so on. Peace only comes when we strip all of that away and say our focus is Christ. In Christ alone. That's it. You can't find peace in a monthly payment. Three easy gifts. You can't find peace. You can't find peace anywhere else outside of Jesus. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for all of us. Is that we don't walk to the, in the chaos of this world, Romans 12, right? Don't conform any longer to the badge of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Focus on Christ. That's where peace comes from. That's my prayer for you today. And so as we're kind of closing down, as we're praying, the one thing I want you to answer is today, today for me, I need to blink so that I can focus more on Jesus. What's the blank? I need to set my alarm 15 minutes earlier. I need to, I need to take a drive. I need to, whatever, whatever it is, right? I pray that God would give you the strength to blank so that you can have more peace in Him and focus on Him. Would you do that? Let's pray. Glory be to God. Thank you that you are in control. That you are Prince of Peace. That you are in authority. And God, I pray that you would show us the ways that you would have us take a step back to surrender to you, your will, your way, your plan for our lives. God, I pray for each and every one of us in this room, each and every one of us that's listening to this later on, God, that, that peace would just flood our hearts and minds. God, that we wouldn't focus on the, on the hard that's right in front of us, on the confusing, on the stress and the chaos, but that, God, we would rest in the fact that you're still on the throne, that you're still in control, no matter what. God, that we wouldn't get divided or are swayed by by things that, that, that the enemy would like to throw at us and divide us and sway us with it. But, but that, God, we would keep our minds and our hearts set, stayed on you. And, God, that the peace that Paul talks about in Philippians 4 that surpasses all understanding would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus as we focus solely on him and all things. It's in Jesus' name I pray.